You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Doug Wachesek says that sorry works. When doctors apologize for bad outcomes, good things happen. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Doug Wachesek, the founder and spokesperson for the Sorry Works Coalition. Mr. Wachesek, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Well, thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate it. What is the Sorry Works Coalition? Sorry Works Coalition is a group of doctors, lawyers, uh, insurance professionals, risk management professionals, uh, patients, families, uh, pretty much uh, everybody who is involved in what we call the MedMal crisis have come together to find a different way to solve this problem, and, and they're doing it through uh, the Sorry Works Coalition. And how did you become involved? How did I personally become involved as I lost my oldest brother to medical errors, uh, uh, and our family was literally forced to sue. Uh, to get any answers, any explanation, and we got a settlement, but we never got an apology. Uh, we never even got the doctors to explain to us what happened or how they're going to try to make sure it didn't happen again. But I've also, professionally speaking, been involved doing uh, public relations and political consulting for both the medical community, uh, the insurance community, as well as the trial bar on the tort reform and med mal crisis. So I've kind of uh, experienced this issue from every way uh, humanly conceivable, and uh, have kind of through all those travels found out there, there there needs to be a better way to solve this problem, and it starts with candor and honesty and and apology when appropriate and upfront compensation to patients and families when necessary after medical errors. And how does the coalition dovetail with the I'm sorry laws? Uh, the coalition is is really focused. Our number one focus is education and promoting the development of apology and disclosure programs in hospitals, insurance companies, and medical practices. Uh, the I'm sorry laws that are, you know, they're what we call apology immunity laws. Doc, doctor or nurse or hospital can say sorry and it can't be used against them in court if they get sued. Uh, those are in place in 29 states and, and several states this spring, during the spring legislative sessions, are considering them. Those are not our main focus. You know, we, we're fine with those. You know, they, they give us extra publicity. And, and in many ways, when those laws get passed, they make docs more comfortable about apologizing. But our number one focus is, is developing uh, programs to encourage disclosure and apology because what's so different about Sorry Works is you don't need uh, any laws passed. You don't even need an apology immunity law. Several programs that have developed on their own in, in big hospitals were, did so in states without any apology immunity law. When you get into the nitty-gritty of it, you find out you don't need any laws passed, any amendments to the Constitution, whatever. It's just good customer service is what Sorry Works is, and you can do that on your own whenever you want, which is so empowering for physicians and medical providers. And how many states have instituted Sorry Works programs? It's not really a state thing. It's, it's, it's how many institutions across the country. I'm talking hospitals uh, and insurance companies. To our best guess right now, uh, there's 70 to 80 institutions, hospitals, and insurers that have, have implemented uh, some form of, of Sorry Works uh, apology and disclosure programs. There are a lot more of them, as uh, I'm finding out talking to risk managers around the country, that are doing it informally. You know, they're taking a look at cases and saying, hey, you know what, we just need to get right with this family. We need to get right with this patient. Let's go in there and, and take care of them and apologize and take care of their problems. And, you know, these risk managers are telling me, you know, back, they're reporting back to me, hey, you know what, it works. You know, we're just honest and candid and work with the patient, family, and if they have legal counsel, working with that person too. Nobody gets mad, nobody files a lawsuit, and, and the problem is taken care of in a short period of time, and everybody gets the healing they need. It's really a, a simple concept, and, and that's why it works so well. Describe a typical program. A typical Sorry Works uh, apology and disclosure program involves um, all the same actors, 
that are typically involved in risk uh, and claims for a hospital, a medical practice, or insurance company. It's, you know, it's your risk managers, it's your legal, it's your administrators, it's the head of the, the medical staff, the nursing corps, uh, the administration, all the, the same people that do risk and analysis of claims currently in, in a particular setting, uh, except they're trained to do sorry works and disclosure. They, they, they get training, they understand uh, what the program is about, they understand what the approach is about, and they, they adopt this new philosophy. Instead of doing deny and defend, they're going to advocate transparency, openness, honesty, and disclosure. And, and you know, after they get trained, they, they train the entire institution. You know, they train all the docs or the, all the insureds working within the insurance company. They roll the program out, if you will, so that everybody knows what to do. So when an adverse event happens, the program snaps into action, and, and the way it works is you have an adverse event. You get with the patient, the family, right away, as quickly as possible, and say, look, you know, we're sorry this happened. You know, we feel bad. We know you feel bad. This is not how we wanted the operation, for example, to work out, and we're going to do a complete and thorough investigation. As we learn stuff, you're going to learn stuff. You know, meanwhile, here's our business cards. You know, if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to call. If your family needs any help, you know, we're here for you no matter what. Now, is there anything else we can do for you? That's the initial disclosure. Notice I apologize, but I didn't say, you know, I'm sorry, Nurse Jones is an airhead. We should have fired her three weeks ago. Or, or Dr. Smith cares more about his golf score than his patients. You know, sorry, he made a mistake. I, I didn't say anything like that. There's no omission of fault. It was just simply, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I feel bad. You feel bad. It was just an empathetic disclosure and a promise to investigate and to look into things, you know, see what happened. So you do your investigation if you want to be credible. Uh, you probably are going to need to involve outside experts, which most insurers or hospitals are going to do anyway. They look into it, and once that, you know, the, the big question they're trying to see, you know, is in the course of this adverse event happening, was the standard of care breached or not? Uh, if it was, if the, there was a medical error or a system breakdown, whatever you want to call it, then you're going to get with the patient, the family, and their legal counsel. Uh, you're going to do four things in that meeting. You're going to apologize. You're going to uh, admit fault. You know, we made a mistake. We take ownership of this mistake. Explain what happened and how you're going to try to make sure it doesn't happen again, which is a big deal for a lot of patients and families. They want to know, they want to know their pain and suffering wasn't in vain. And then you're going to begin to discuss compensation. That's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is if there was no mistake, if there was no breach of the standard of care, you're still going to meet with the patient, the family, and their legal counsel explain what happened, open your records, discuss your investigation, answer their questions so you're blue in the face if you, if you need be, and you're going to apologize again, say we're sorry this happened, but you won't admit fault. Furthermore, you won't discuss the settlement. What that does, what I just described to you, which can take a few weeks to several months, and it may take several meetings with the patient or family, it just depends on the people involved, is when there's an error, it takes the anger out of the situation, it takes the sting out of the situation, and the motivation to file a lawsuit. When there was an error, just the getting in there and explaining and talking and sharing records and, and opening records and providing to the patient and family, you know, that kind of takes away the suspicion that something bad happened, that there was a mistake, and that reduces the filing of non-meritorious lawsuits. So either way, it's a really positive thing. It's good for everybody uh, to get the information and, and understand what happened and, and then move forward positively. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Doug Wachesek. What kind of feedback are you getting from attorneys? We're getting a lot of interesting feedback from attorneys. You know, it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag like it is across you know, all the different professions, you know, doctors, nurses, risk managers, um, uh, hospital administrators. There are some defense attorneys that have that traditional defense attorney mentality of, hey, it's my job to control the information, and I don't want, I don't want my docs talking to anybody. You know, 
and it, it's a lot of fear that I'm hearing, a lot of knee-jerk reactions, but there are a lot of defense attorneys I talk to that absolutely embrace them. They're like, you're absolutely right. In fact, we just uh, partnered uh, a couple months ago with a major med-mal defense firm, Stevens and Lee. Uh, they do only med-mal defense work, and uh, their chief partner, healthcare partner, Jim Saxon, is well-known in defense circles around the country. And, you know, they absolutely embrace what we're talking about, and we embrace what they're talking about, and they'll tell you, uh, at Stevens and Leah, as well as other defense firms, that the majority of times when a case comes across their desk, a case they have to defend a doctor or a hospital against a med mal lawsuit, more often times than not, it's not an error. Or, or if it was, if it was an error, it could have been handled, you know, much better than it was. But the, the big, the big issues they see that really push people to file the lawsuit is not the error; it's how the people were treated after the adverse event. You know, basic customer service premises, and you know when when the when the doc disappears and the nurse, you know, acts cold to the family and nobody returns phone calls, emails aren't called, returned, meetings are never scheduled with the patient family. You know, people get angry, and and the, those questions they have, they're not going to go away. They're gonna they're gonna look other ways to get those questions answered, and they may get them from a trial lawyer. And that's what a lot of defense attorneys tell us that you know what you're preaching is absolutely right. It's the best way to reduce litigation and reduce lawsuits and all the associated expenses. And what do you believe drives most lawsuits? Anger. You know, that's a great question, and, and I, I hope this is a great answer because this is something that your physicians and all the people uh, listening uh, need to understand. You know, for so long, doctors think it's greed that drives uh, people to file medical malpractice lawsuits. Furthermore, there's this, this, this thought in medicine that, you know, patients and families expect, you know, doctors to be perfect and never make a mistake. And there's such high expectations, you know, with all these TV shows and all this technology. Hey, I got a message for your listeners. Uh, this is from a guy who lost brother medical errors. I can live with a mistake. I truly can. And, and almost all patients and families can live with mistakes. So long as you're level with us, you're honest with us, you're candid, and you make an effort to fix our mistakes. And we can live with mistakes if, if you can be a human being and work with us as, as a fellow human being. But if you cover up, you run away and hide, and you don't come to terms with what happened, you know, that just makes me so darn angry. That's the anger that pushes people to pick up the phone and call an attorney, go meet with an attorney, and, and make that very tough decision to file a lawsuit. Because, you know, pursuing medical malpractice litigation is not a fun exercise for a patient or family. It's one of the toughest things you can do to go through depositions and discoveries and relive that tragic episode time and time again. But you only do it because you're angry and you want to share your pain with that physician. And what's the feedback you're receiving from the physicians? Uh, a lot of physicians are, are starting to get it. They're starting to embrace it. They're starting to understand what we're talking about. You know, God love doctors. I mean, they're hardworking people, but they've been getting a lot of bad advice for many, many years, you know, from, from you know, old-style risk managers, old-style defense attorneys who've told them to run away and hide from their patients after adverse events, look guilty 100% of the time. And, you know, I go out and talk to docs. And furthermore, when I, you know, I have a whole presentation on, on how to apologize. When I give that presentation, they're like, wow, we've never heard this before, but this is right. And I can't tell you how many times I've had you know, older docs, you know, docs who are either recently retired or are nearing retirement, they'll come up to me and say, you know what, I've done everything you've recommended during my career, and I've never gotten sued. And it's not because I haven't made mistakes. I've made my fair share of mistakes. I've hurt a patient or two, but I always got in there and dealt with the patient and family and, and made, a, made an effort to fix their problems. And yes, I apologize and I didn't get sued. Those are the best stories. And what services do you provide through the Sorry Works Coalition? When we started the Sorry Works Coalition two years ago, we started you know, as an advocacy group. Uh, by that, I mean that our chief purpose was to simply just go out and talk about you know, Sorry Works and apology and disclosure and try to frame a different discussion for people. 
Well, I, I think we, we've done a pretty good, I can say without bragging, we've done a good enough job at that that a lot of people now buy into the idea of disclosure and apology, that they get it. Now they're coming to us saying, okay, we buy your argument. How do we do this? <laughs> so we have all sorts of different training options out there available from, from audio conferences. We have an audio com- conference coming up on May 9th with Dr. Aaron, Dr. Aaron Lazar and Dr. John Banja. We have uh, full-blown consulting you know, where we'll come in, train the trainer, and roll out and so develop support programs and stuff like that. We have a book coming out this summer. We have all sorts of different products and features that we can uh, bring to bear. And all that information is available at our website, sorryworks.net, sorryworks.net. Doug Wachesek, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.